The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, 205 on this hump day. You got to put your back into it if you're going to do it. Well, I wasn't sure if you were going to do it or not. Well, I was uh, grabbing for paperwork there, but yeah, it's hump Hump day. day. There you go. I hope nobody drove off the road. It's a rainy hump day. Is it ever? But uh, rain a little better than snow. You see the snow that uh, fell just, uh, what, east of the Rockies, I guess? Well, yeah, Jasper and Hinton Way as well. There's some snow on the side of the road. Uh, I know it is the season, but still. Hey, I can remember taking, my cousin was over from England, and it was Labor Day long weekend. We were driving through the mountains. I said, oh, yeah, we'll take this way home, thinking that it wasn't a very long drive home, Mm -hmm. but did through, you know, the, the back way through, uh, you know, Jasper, Banff, all the way through. Yeah, it yeah. was a long day. <laughs> and it was snowing at the top of the mountain then. What what time of year was that? It was that? September long. Yeah. Apparently, this is not going to be uh, unique. By the end of the week, communities in Alberta expecting to see highs around 10 degrees mm-hmm. or cooler. Highs and higher elevations will see more than 10 centimeters of snow. I was thinking that uh, this weekend, it's supposed to be like sunny and 13 or 15 degrees come Saturday or Sunday, and if there's any sitting outside, it's going to be with a big fire going. Yeah, for sure. You know, my favorite the favorite part of this time of year is all those uh, Americans in the CFL that have not uh, yet played in <laughs> Canada. <laughs> who, when they first arrived, said, I don't know what everyone else is uh-huh. talking about. It's beautiful up here. And then they hit that winter weather for the first time. Well, and did you hear about those changes that the CFL just made? No. No padded practices. What? Three bye weeks. Are you kidding? And That's yeah, extending and extending the season by a week. No, no, no. No, we actually need to move the season. It needs to yeah. start earlier and mm-hmm. end earlier. And I know you have to have bye weeks because of an yeah. odd number. Why would they add a bye week? We'll have to ask. Yeah, I, I don't Morley know. Morley Scott guy, if he ever makes it. Back. Yeah, Morley. Dave just walked by as I was going. Here. He said, did you hear about the changes? I'm like, what What changes? So he just rattled those oh. off. And I said, well, what about the, why, why I don't, don't understand the padded practice thing. He says, well, injuries probably, but I'm like, okay. Mm. Uh, I did. I thought you were talking about Cavis Reed. Of course, our former head coach, who's now interim head coach hey, for the Montreal Alouettes. You're not a legend in the CFL until at least you've coached four teams, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Very it's just true. recycled coaches. <laughs> to recite, and I well, say where do you that, find a CFL I, well, coach? Exactly, but I, and I say that with all great respect. It's, mm-hmm. you know, okay, well, if I get fired from here, where am I going to? Oh, I'll just give it a few months. CFL see where I'll and end up. Uh, radio, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> you what do you think somewhere. about it? It's a new show with the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should say it's almost become a tradition in Montreal. I don't really follow the team, but it all, I think at this time of year, it's, it, you know, some people prepare for Halloween, others for Christmas. Mm-hmm. The Alouettes just prepare for their new coach. It's just that. What's the date? Oh, we got to fire the head coach. They haven't had a great uh, season. So. Mm. And, of course, was it Hamilton? Uh, he, yeah, guy fired, himself. fired himself. Yeah. Kent Austin. I love the CFL for just how quirky it is. Just the fact that the guy, you know, that kind of thing happens, or the guy that's running back kicks could easily be selling you a car on Monday. Just I Or like, was selling you a car yeah, on or Monday. Or did sell you a car. <laughs> <laughs> it's the CFL. Ah, oh, whatever. It's still professional sports. Hey, speaking of professional sports, and, I, you know, we normally don't jump right into it as quickly as, you know, I'm proposing that we do. Every time Northlands comes up, hmm. I, I think to myself, haven't we decided on this? And You know, I, I thought the decision was 
that we were going to repurpose it mm. and, and put rinks in for amateur. No, they backed away from they that. Backed away from. They that. agreed on that, and then they realized the cost of doing that was something like a hundred over a hundred million dollars yeah. to uh, put that hundred and two uh, million yeah. dollar cost, as opposed to eight million to just bulldoze to just it. Bulldoze it, but when you you that those are not those are apples and oranges, really, because yeah, eight million to bulldoze it, but then you have a parking lot. Or what else are you going to do there? Yeah, like what's, you know, what, you and you what's put that going to cost? Yeah, but if it's if if it's a cost of of putting in a new residential area, condo mm. complex, uh, shopping areas, if it's it's if it's about a, a development plan that eventually turns around and you have property taxes and and money going back into the system. Okay, listen. I don't know what you guys want to do with the Northlands or the area the Northlands currently falls on. But every time, uh, every time in my mind, I shouldn't say every time, there hasn't been that many times, but Blatchford comes to mind. Okay, can we just not, someone said, someone said today, who was it? Mm, I think I remember which counselor it was, but oh. I'm not going to throw it out there okay. just in case. I don't want to throw him under sure. the bus. Yeah. But said, oh, maybe it could be Blatchford 2.0. We haven't got Bla- Bla- Blatchford 1.0 figured out yet. I, I find that remember I Remember the grandiose great oh, dream yeah. and schemes with all of that and how it just keeps getting cut back and cut back? How about you put in some condos? How about you put in some apartments where uh, some folks can afford to live. Great pictures, I thought. <laughs> Beautiful pictures. Whoever the artist was, great rendition of what it could have been. But you're right. Blatchford hasn't been what it was proposed to be. And it just seems like, like, how does this work? Do they, you know, the city, what, uh, sells the land to a developer and they put their own neighborhood up there if uh-huh. that's, if there's a demand for that. But when the city plans a neighborhood, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it oh, just yeah. feels like, yeah, okay, you know what? That's likely not going to come together. They don't have a great history of making it work, right? Uh, and mainly, I think, because there's city and then there's uh, there's public and then there's private, right? So private gets things done quickly and gets it on the market uh, expeditiously because they don't make money if they don't. Whereas cities go, well, let's have another study and let's, you know... You know what? If you're not going to turn it into um, like a tri-leisure center, if you're not going to do that, uh, and at a cost of over $100 million, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's it's going to happen. And they've already said no. I don't think that you're going to see anyone come in and, and throw that kind of money down to, to do that. Then let's, you know, as... As crappy as it would be for a lot of folks who have a lot of great memories of that building, let's get it down, let's sell the property to developers and get it going. So your plan would be to bulldoze that? Well, what else are you going to do with it? Well, I like the idea of... uh you know, of the rinks. I like the I idea. do, but it's not... Obviously, it's, they've yeah. said no. Right. They backed away from it. They approved it. Then a month later, they backed away from it. Unless you have someone with big pockets coming in and it's a private thing. Mm-hmm. See, here, yeah, here it is. A report submitted to council five months ago recommended the city consider a partnership with Hockey Canada to repurpose Northlands as a hockey center for mm-hmm. excellence. The cost $102 million, as I said. Uh, the report proposed the building be refitted with four ice sheets, a 200-meter running track, a training area, mm-hmm. classrooms, and admin space. However, one month later, city staff suggested that tearing down the Coliseum and building a new facility on the site would be more cost-effective. <laughs> See, I mean, you know, I'm not an engineer and I haven't inspected it. I've seen people say on social media it's got good bones. Just, you know, gut the inside and rebuild it or repurpose it or whatever. I, I feel like I feel like in the end that's gonna be that's gonna be the strategy that's that costs us the least amount of money. But I that's just impulsively thinking that you've already got a building 
and as long as it's not going to fall I th- down. Well, I think what's going to cost you the least amount of money is actually bulldozing at $8 million. Sure. Any sort of refurbishing that place um, is going to cost a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. And again, unless you've got investors with deep pockets... And again, I love the idea of of having some more um, rinks in this city. You hear it all the time about people constantly just struggling to find uh, to rink time and, and kids going to play hockey at 10 o'clock at night for their mm-hmm. rec league or exactly. whatever it is. At a cost but, of whatever, yeah. yeah. <sighs> hmm. So agreements are also in the works that could see Northlands continue to host K-Days mm-hmm. and Farm Fair uh, International. For the next few years. For five years. Yeah. And then that's it. So... I guess that's, you know, as they, that's uh, next council's problem. Council after this next council's problem. Although they'll have to start negotiating during their term. Yeah, I don't know. And then horse racing, is that going to be gone as well? Yes. Yeah. So yep. horse racing gone and... Horse racing uh, sounds like it's going to be moved out uh, out towards the River Creek, right? Remember there was a, right. a track proposal put in out there. It, it feels like people are rushing away from 118th and not rushing towards it. Is there a developer who really thinks that that they could develop that property and get substantial money for residential in that area, or is the better solution? Because it, is it resident? I mean, is it residential friendly or is it commercial friendly? I would say, as is right now, it's more commercial-friendly than anything, but residential-friendly would depend on what kind of plan any sort of developer puts down on paper, and, and it would have to be a, a, a serious, um, you know, close look at a long-term plan. It would have to be really interesting, but do you, do you remember, it's just last couple of weeks, there's been a couple of stories uh, out talking about infill. Remember how the city has been pushing for this infill, 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 mm-hmm. and we're seeing more and more of it, thinking, and, and, and the city thinking and believing that it would be uh, more affordable and give more folks uh, the opportunity to buy in these um, these older neighborhoods and these newer houses, but most people still can't afford it because these infill homes are, are 500 plus mm-hmm. uh, a year. And I think there was another story out the other day saying the average house, um, not infill, but in general is about 330 and that, uh, what was it, 25%, 30% of Edmontonians can't afford that. Hmm. for a house. So let's, you know, what about putting, I'm not saying low-income um, uh, housing on there, but I'm saying about how about some some houses that, you know, average, average folks can afford. I think low-income housing is actually a good idea. Build it in there then, absolutely. This plan to uh, eliminate homelessness um, in an area, you know, like I say, I, I don't know that that's a really... Um, preferential area for residential. I mean, maybe if you change it, everything. You'd have to, yeah, again, it would totally have to be redeveloped. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, the streets, traffics, in and out, all of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It would be a grand plan. It would be Blatchford. Well, See, I'm, 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 no, no, you're, you're, you're talking about Blatchford as a neighborhood. I'm keeping away from Blatchford with the whole environmentally right. green, all that sort of stuff that I they know. tried to put in there that kind of didn't work or, you know, where they, wherever right. they are at. No. I'm just talking about a nice neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, you know, I don't want to contradict myself. I said, you know, the city never seems to be able to develop anything properly or expeditiously or within budget. But this is something else that, that's on their plate as well. This and homelessness mm-hmm. and not enough, uh, you know, housing for mm-hmm. low income. So I don't know that it, it seems it's fairly central. It's got an LRT station. Um, 
bus it's, systems it's there. their land now mm-hmm. right so it seems to me that that makes more sense um as long as it's done properly and expeditiously and when i compare it to blatchford i'm not saying it'd be like blatchford it wouldn't it, i'm saying just another development that the city handles to to solve well i was going to say to solve a need i don't know what need blatchford solves it's just what a cool thing right like somebody thought it'd be really cool to have a very green friendly whatever mm-hmm. neighborhood but that's what we're going to end up with, I think, is what we know is remarkably different than what mm-hmm. was proposed, right? So it, it would make sense to me to make that, to do that. And I'm sure that's been proposed or discussed. Or, as I say, the facility for amateur sport mm-hmm. also appeals to me. I really like that idea, but... Yeah, but the idea of just bulldozing it and saying, okay, who'd like to develop it? I feel like that's going to go nowhere. I feel like we're going to have this massive parking lot or gravel pit for years. I, I think we're going to have an eyesore. And that's I, all we'll get. Honestly, I'd be surprised to see if anything happens with that building for the next couple of years. Yeah. But as far as, you know, that's where Gretzky won the cups or that kind of thing, I, honestly, I don't care about that. I, I, I honestly don't. Like, I wouldn't maintain a building simply because it has sentimental value. Let's either make it solve a problem or make us money. Those are my mm, only two alternatives. Those are, yeah. Right? And not speculatively make us money. Like, hey, if we bulldoze it, I'll bet you they'll line up. Developers will line up to want to turn it into a neighborhood. Do we know that to be true? Is there a single person in line for that? I mean, let's make it make sense. That's all I'm saying. I know it's just crazy. Is there a better way? Yeah, is there there a a better better way way to do development in Edmonton? Uh, yes, uh, horse racing's moving out by a red tail landing in the airport. Oh, thought it was okay. going to the casino. They had put out the proposals. But yeah, thanks for that. And there was an article uh, that came out a while back uh, about that. And to the city councillor in question, whose name I did not mention, let's mm-hmm. make it perfectly clear, because I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus, although I just received a message su- suggesting I threw him under the bus. No, I don't think so. I think uh, he, he invited you to throw him under the bus yeah. with full context. Okay. So it was Michael Walters. Yeah. Uh, and running for re-election. And he just sent me a message. He said, I said to be clear, Blatchford 2.0 without the environmental pressure of 1.0. There you go. Big difference, Nye. Huge difference. Yeah, big difference, Nye. And that would be it. But again, it's just, let's build something that is useful and not filled with all the pressure of all the other stuff. Yeah. He says, that kind of infill would achieve environmental sustainability in itself, and it would need to be developed by a private sector developer. This would be the missing middle that could be more affordable housing. With that context, I invite you to throw me under the bus. That's oh. <laughs> from Michael Walters. Thank you for uh, getting yeah, in touch with us. appreciate that. Now, I've reached out to Michael to uh, give us a call here at the station. Um, we'll read some of your texts, but I would love to talk to him uh, firsthand. Always happy to have the people we're talking about talk to mm-hmm. us. Uh, we didn't arrange, nor did we put a request out, so I'm not suggesting in any way that the councillor didn't agree. Uh, I did, however, as soon as I saw that uh, tweet you're talking about the message, I uh, tweeted back. So if you're still listening, uh, Mr. Walters, we'd love for you to phone into the studio. I've given you the phone number. And see, you know, as he said, it would have to be a, a private developer. Right, and I get my question is how realistic is that expectation mm-hmm. that you can find a private developer? And and why? And I guess you know, says what kind of the kind of infill would achieve environmental sustainability in itself without the environmental pressure of Blatchford. <laughs> and a lot of what you know, many suggestions coming in, several of them along the lines of what we discussed, possibly um, you know, reasonably priced housing or low income uh, housing. Uh, one suggestion that came in, and it's a bit of a you know. It's a bit of a dream, but you read it and go, 
Yeah, what about that? We've all heard the story of Amazon looking for... <laughs> that could be their headquarters. <laughs> uh, headquarters in North America. They very, have money to refurbish that place. They do. It's very unlikely that that would land in our laps, but it's expected to provide 50,000 uh, jobs to whatever city it does land in. Well, that would be an ideal location, would it not, um, to put a big headquarters. Uh-huh. In fact, you might even be able to use the building. Well, possibly not. be pretty high ceilings. But still, the land's there. And it's at a reasonable, you know, location. And as you said earlier, already serviced by bus and LRT, right? Hey, look who's just calling us. Mr. Walters. Yeah, if we get him on hold. There you go, yeah. Get him on hold, Gina. Thank you. There you go. Hi, Councillor Walters. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> really good. <laughs> Thank you, Edgy. show, so I was... Uh... I was there for you. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to call in, especially with no notice whatsoever. Have, have, have city council meetings wrapped up for the day? Is it, like, done? Are you done? Yeah. We're wrapped up for the day and for the term. Yeah, for the term. That's it. So they found a better way to wrap things up. <laughs> yeah. So, Mr. Walters, uh, educate us. So, you know, we see the news today out of council, and, uh, you know, we've been following this for some time as to what is the most logical or economical or beneficial way to use Northlands. You put it out there, well, what about another Blatchford? We've qualified that statement, right? What about the idea that most of our listeners have that this solves two problems if it's a low-income area, something to help the homeless situation in the city, um, wouldn't that be an ideal? Wouldn't that kill two birds with one stone? Well, I, I think that affordable housing in every area of the city is important, uh, where there's good transit, good services, and, and uh, good amenities, and, and certainly this uh, community of the future potentially could include that for sure. Not, I don't think, I don't agree with like full-scale affordable housing that those turn into uh, uh, I guess, quote unquote, ghettos, and I, and I think what, but I, I'm not suggesting you're saying that. I think that this certainly is a spot for some affordable housing that is for low income folks, subsidized housing or rent geared to income kinds of housing. But ultimately, uh, before we get into those sorts of details, I think there's an area redevelopment plan process that's underway to figure out what to do with that site, whether it be the north side where the Coliseum still stands, um, and there's been no you know, in earnest talk about demolition. Um, I think some people feel like that's uh, maybe inevitable, but we don't want to jump to that conclusion. So, Michael, uh, what kind of this, timeline are we looking at, though, at those at, at the redevelopment plans? Well, we're going to start to see, I think, in, uh, forgive me if I don't remember correctly, but it's early next year where we begin to see uh, what some of those plans may look like. Okay. And I think that's where the racetrack is you know, the south side of that campus. Mm-hmm. And and now certainly with the, the closing of the Coliseum, that the whole area needs to be considered uh, in that plan. So, you know, engagement with that surrounding community, what need could that be for the city? I think affordable townhousing, row housing is certainly something that the city needs to compete with the suburbs. Uh, if we really want to achieve a more compact uh, urban form here at Edmonton. So I think all those things are on the table. And, and is there any developers that have expressed any sort of interest in in that land? I, you know, I mentioned earlier, is there a lineup of developers who are like, yeah, we'd like a crack at that land, or is there even one? Well, I, I don't know that there's one or a lineup. I think that if there's a good plan in place where a developer can provide something that people will buy uh, and there's money to be made, uh, 
that, that that's an opportunity for a local developer to take on. And I'm, we know with 25,000 people moving here uh, still each year, uh, even with the economic slowdown, that Edmonton is still a going concern. There's lots of young people who are moving to the city. And there's lots of young people who would love to live in a more affordable, attached wall, whether it be row, row house, townhouse product, close to LRT, close to downtown, if they could afford to do it. And that's our big challenge, which you alluded to earlier. Michael, so I think there is an opportunity. Michael, I want to thank you for giving us a, a call. We've run out of time. We're up uh, against the 2.30 news here. But thank you for kind of, you know, shedding some light on that. Appreciate you listening. And uh, best of luck with um, the election coming up. Thank you so much. And thanks for uh, talking about these important issues. Michael Walters. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.